You, you, you are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. Ninety five percent of the time, you see people engaged, happy, and the way life really should. You know, I, I think if more people engaged in fishing or in the outdoors, hunting, whatever it may be in the outdoors that they love to do, it brings a lot of happiness. You know, they find mm-hmm. that happiness maybe they wouldn't have found somewhere else. So I, I, I kind of, after that first year of college, I had to really do some soul searching and, and I stepped away from sports and I actually transferred out of the University of uh, Arkansas, went to Henderson State University and uh, decided to start majoring in business and told myself, you know, I'm very passionate about fishing and why not make it a career someday? And, um, I told everybody I'm going to get a marketing degree. I'm going to focus on tournament fishing with bass fishing and I'm going to go to work for the fishing industry someday. And everybody was like, okay, well, good luck with that. Because little did I know how small the industry is and how tight of a family it is. And, and people don't go into the fishing industry to have a career. People, the, the people that I've met that are very, very successful, this is their retirement job. They, they went to other opportunities. They were very successful in business. They came back into fishing, and this is their retirement opportunity. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. Theflycrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing. The Fly Crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area, along with the Fly Crate's guide magazine, the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers. Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. Theflycrate.com Here's your host, Mark Hopley. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Very happy you chose to join us this time around, and we're going to do what we love to do all the time on this program, and that is talk with passionate people in the outdoor space, particularly in the fly fishing world. And we're going to head out to actually Orlando, Florida. We have Theron Asbury on the line. Now, Theron is with a uh, company by the name of Revital Outdoors. They're a premium CDB company out of Jacksonville, Florida. We're going to find out what those folks are up to and how they're aligned with the outdoor enthusiasts. But first off, uh, Theron, I want to thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. It's quite an honor. So before we jump into uh, what you're up to these days, day to day, and maybe some fishing stories while we're at it, um, why don't you walk us through your journey just a little bit? So what, what I like to do on the show, Theron, is, is start at the beginning. Um, where did you discover fly fishing and kind of um, what got you into it? Sure, absolutely. Well, I actually grew up on the shores of Grand Lake in Grove, Oklahoma. It was just my dad and I growing up. He was a contractor, very avid outdoorsman. And he introduced me to hunting and fishing as early as I can remember. And uh, sometimes I wonder if I wasn't just born with a fishing rod in my hand or a deer rifle going out in the woods. So a lot of the fondest memories I have with my dad are out uh, fishing, of course. And i tell you what actually got me really interested into fly fishing was watching Jose Wahebi on ESPN. Um, just, Just the whole art of the casting and the way that he could read the water and read the fish. And it, every show that he ever did, in my opinion, was just a story. And that's what really got me 
compelled to go into fly fishing. Uh, my dad and I, we did a lot of catfishing, jug lining, trot lining, we bass fished. Um, most times we would just have fun drowning a minnow under a cork at the end of a dock at the end of a long day of work or school or whatever. But, uh, when I was, so it was 2001, I was, um, nine years old for Christmas that year. I actually got a fly tying kit and my first fly rod and, uh, the fly tying kit was made by Orvis. It's just a little, uh, pack kit. It had a vise in there and some scissors and just everything to get me kind of started doing that. And then my dad had got me a book about the introduction of fly tying and the art of fly tying. And uh, I'll never forget my first actual fly that I ever tied was a woolly booger. And uh, just kind of started reading books and watching videos when I could. Back then, YouTube wasn't as popular as it is today for the fly tying world. Right. And I wasn't really introduced to YouTube to begin with. So watching shows. Uh, I would go to Bass Pro Shops in Springfield, Missouri, when they were having the clinics and the shows up there and just learn as much as I could. And, you know, as much as I loved fishing, I started fishing the White River and Roaring River State Park over in Missouri. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. And that first fly rod I had, it was just a cheapo model from Walmart. But I'll never forget, it was like one of the greatest Christmas presents I ever got. I still have it today. And, uh, when I got into mid-school, going into high school, my dad actually gave me a birthday gift. It was a five-weight Lefty Cray Signature Series Temple Fork Outfitters Fly Rod. And uh, I just, I never seemed to like really put it down. It's just one of my fondest memories is always going to the White River and there in Missouri and fly fishing, catching those trout. Um, during the springtime, spring break, that's all I wanted to do was go fly fishing. And is even as good as the bass fishing was. I started getting into fishing tournaments, and, and that became a huge passion of mine, led me to where I'm at today. But I always it came back down to if I ever had the choice of doing one thing, it was always going fly fishing. So fell in love with doing it with that. Uh, avid Boy Scout, actually worked at Silmont Scout Ranch out in New Mexico for two summers. Had the opportunity to go fish the San Juan out there. Had a lot of fun out, you know, exploring that opportunity, fishing some native opportunities out there. And then I uh, went to college, got into college. Uh, you know, we can talk about that more in a little bit, but it basically came out with a degree in 2016, followed my roots with turn fishing tournaments. And that led me to 2018. I got my first job in the actual fishing industry as a marketing manager for Yozuri. And then today I'm with Revital Outdoors. I've been with them since ICAST this year. And I'm starting to kind of explore the opportunity to go saltwater fly fishing. I mean, just it's been a dream come true. My biggest bucket list items I want to catch at least a seventy-five pound tarpon on a fly rod. <laughs> that sounds that sounds all right. And I'll tell you what, the White River is on my bucket list, man. Before COVID hit, I was uh, so close. Christian Bacasa from Dupafish, uh, they've been doing a okay. trip down there. I think more often than not, kind of in the winter months. I want to say February, and I was like so close to going, and I was like, no, no travel, but. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I, I I appreciate you taking the time today. So why don't we look back? So if you had to look back there and say, okay, these people influenced me, who would you look to to say, uh, you know, I learned a lot from this person, or maybe you know, like you mentioned, uh, you alluded to the ESPN show. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be somebody you know. It might be something online. But where would you say you kind of got your influence in the world of fly fishing? You know, that, that first opportunity to watch that fishing show with Jose Wahevi really kind of sparked my interest. 
But then I started uh, reading books that were published by Stu Apt and Lefty Cray about casting and the art of casting. Um, and that's just, that's kind of where I, I just fell in love with it. You know, we would always go to Bass Pro and the first place I always wanted to go was a fly fishing shop because I felt like, and, and I feel this way today, in every Bass Pro, that White River fly shop is just the lucrative part of the store. It's, it's closed off, it's in the corner, it's back away from the crowd and everything. And that to me is what fly fishing is. It's something that not everybody does. It's a very lucrative, it's like the fraternity of fishing. And, uh, you know, going to the rivers in, in Missouri, Roaring River State Park, going to Lake Tanacomo, the White River, you walk into the fly shops, it's a totally different breed that, that contribute to the fly fishing world. You go to a local bait shop, you know, someone will have a beer, they'll be talking, you know, what they did, how they did it, the, the day on the water. To me, going to a fly shop, it's like, guys are you know smoking a nice cigar from cuba and drinking whiskey and they're talking business and they're talking about the passion of the sport and what led them to there and that's what really influenced me it's just there's a whole nother level of artistic measure when it comes to fly fishing to me so and i and i really kind of gained that reading those books by Stu and by lefty and and the guys that really i i see as the forefathers of fly fishing and even down to jose wahebi you know uh, it's so unfortunate that we lost him in 2011 when we did that terrible uh, airplane accident, and he hasn't been replaced. Um, his show has be still being reran today. It, it's got a legacy behind it. He's got a wonderful foundation set up in his honor, and it, I just I think that really contributes to the overall respect that the sport has gained by itself without even really needing it. Is hmm. um, to, to people like that. Um, you know, working for Yozuri, I got the opportunity to start working with uh, Carter Andrews, and he's a very avid fly angler too. And um, even in the conversations that I have with him, and him going to wherever it is he may go, the the down to Guatemala or South America, or the infamous trips that he gets to take on his TV show, when he starts talking about fly fishing, he's a different person than me. It's just like a different level of of fishing that you're talking about. Yeah, so that's that's really what kind of got me influenced. And, and you know, there's not a I, – I, looking around, and I don't want to boastful about this, there's not a lot of young people getting involved in it. Um, you know, and I, and I really – I congratulate and I thank the younger generation of anglers like myself that pick up the fly rod and pick up the fly fishing or fly tying vice and want to get involved in it because this is a sport that I would hate to ever see, you know, go away. Yeah, it's uh, well. We sure see a lot of growth over the last few years, and I yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And there's definitely a younger crowd coming into it. But you you're definitely naming some names on the influences. I love it. So I, I'm going to take you off the water for a second before we get into your business and what you guys are up to with Revital Outdoors. Are you ready for a few uh, off the cuff kind of questions? For sure. All right. Let's talk tunes, Theron. So on your way to the, you know, the White River, you're heading out there in your truck. What is playing on the stereo? Uh, and I'm not a big, I was never a big radio guy going, going fishing. But, you know, if I did have something on, it would be a classic rock. I got into, you know, the 90s rock as well. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I like the Nickelback scene a little bit. Um, Aerosmith. You know, Metallica, I'm a big fan of Metallica, so something to get the blood rushing a little bit. Yeah, yeah, fair. 
one go-to fly pattern. So since you started with that woolly bugger at the Vice all that many years ago, if you were to take one pattern to the white or to your favorite moving water, what would you be reaching for more often than not? Copper John. Yeah. Yeah, okay. To me, a Copper John can catch fish from coast to coast. I feel like, you know, I I mentioned my biggest bucket list item with a fly rod is a big tarpon, and I want to see that happen, and it's going to happen. I, I'm just going to make sure that it happens while I live here in Florida. But a dream vacation would go to be New Zealand. And I feel like I can go to the White River and catch a quality trophy 20-pound brown there on a Copper John and then go to New Zealand and catch a big rainbow there doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So when you're not in your waders or you're not out on the water, you know, is there a fly shop locally uh, in and around Orlando that you frequent, or is it the show circuit? Like, where do you get your fix, Theron, when you're not on the water? So there's actually a tackle shop on the east coast of Florida. Uh, he has a location in Stewart. It's called White's Tackle. He's got a, a location in Stewart, and he's got a location in uh, Fort Pierce. And the employees he has in there are probably, they almost sound like, authors to books and authors to fishing reports and moon phases and tides and everything going on. There's not anything you can ask them that they don't know. I'm sure that there's a very rigorous um, process to hiring the employees that he has that works in the, in the shops and they sell everything, but they're really known for their uh, fly fishing and fly tying materials that they have to sell to the consumer and they know everything that's going on i mean you can walk in there right now and say hey i want to catch a tarpon i want to catch a bonefish i've never done it before what do i do and within an hour you have a full setup a rod reel line leader tippet flies material if you're a fly or a fly tire they can just take you from the step one to the step in process tell you where to go how to do it what tide to catch it on what moon phase to catch it on um you never go to White's Tackle without at least having two or three hours on your time. And I'm serious when I say that because the conversation is just endless. And it seems like the more people that walk in the door, the more that the conversation grows because everyone's it's treated like family there. Yeah, that's cool. And you know what? A lot of fly shops are like that. And that, that I just love the whole culture. I, I walk into a fly shop and I can write off a couple hours in a heartbeat. But that's... Uh... I hear you on that. Let, let's get oh, absolutely. let's get into sports, man. I, I I got a feeling that this could go a lot of ways, being that you uh, you're from Oklahoma originally, uh, in Florida now. But uh, if you're pulling for your favorite team, uh, college, pro, or otherwise, like who who are you cheering for? So uh, I grew up an Oklahoma State Cowboy fan because that's where my dad actually got three degrees from. Um, I spent a semester at the University of Arkansas, so I have to root for the Hogs, too. And, uh, that you know, I'm more of a college sports fan than, like, professional sports guy, but it's always diehard, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Yeah. This last Saturday, I was absolutely heartbroken. That, you know, you get a, there's always that infamous poke choke, as they call it, and when you're first and goal on the one-foot line twice in a game to go to the potential Orange Bowl, and that team has never yeah. had the opportunity like that to get there. It was heartbreaking. Um, I don't know how, what much to say about it other than it just didn't happen. But, um, yeah, Oklahoma State, University of Arkansas, I'm always rooting for those guys. Uh, and I'm a big – I'll root for any underdog. Yeah, yeah. So, that uh, I but, saw uh, the highlights know, on that game, and I, I feel your pain. <laughs> it was a tough one. You know, and then, then they're saying that running back's going to go in the first round of the draft. I'm 
Like he can't even stretch a foot. You know, a first rounder can't even stretch a foot. Uh, okay. So <laughs> no, that was a heartbreaking ordeal, and I was really hoping that they would make it to the Orange Bowl. Like I said, they've never had that opportunity before. You know, Oklahoma State's always a solid team uh, in football, but they're always a nine and three. They're notorious for being nine and three. And uh, we finally had uh, the stars aligned this year. We beat OU. Uh, we beat Texas. Uh, of course, we lost to Iowa State. We can't have a perfect record. But things were lining up, and I was really hoping to see them in the Orange Bowl to go to the uh, college football playoffs and have the opportunity to maybe go to Miami and watch them. And we came one foot short twice. It'll happen. So, It'll happen one of these years. You know it. Oh, yeah. Ab- absolutely. So, uh but, yeah, I'm a big college sports guy. And, you know, being from Oklahoma, I grew up wrestling, football, baseball, um, until I got to be about 16 years old. And um, then I kind of focused more on fishing and um, still tried to do the baseball thing and realized I didn't have the talent to go pro. So I, I, I kind of, after that first year of college, I had to really do some soul searching and and I stepped away from sports, and I actually transferred out of the University of uh, Arkansas, went to Henderson State University, and uh, decided to start majoring in business and told myself, you know, I'm very passionate about fishing, and why not make it a career someday? And um, I told everybody I'm going to get a marketing degree, I'm going to focus on tournament fishing with bass fishing, and I'm going to go to work for the fishing industry someday. And everybody was like, okay, well, good luck with that, because... Little did I know how small the industry is and how tight of a family it is. And, and people don't go into the fishing industry to have a career. People, the, the people that I've met that are very, very successful, this is their retirement job. They, they went to other opportunities. They were very successful in business. They came back into fishing, and this is their retirement opportunity. So to have the opportunity to actually get into the fishing industry uh, professionally uh, and as a marketing manager before I'd be age of 30, I don't know if it's just luck or skill or just the stars aligned or I met the right people, but I'm very, very fortunate. I don't take it for granted. It's very humbling. It's uh, very rewarding. It can be challenging. It can be very challenging. It's it's a very tight competition, but um you know, ever since that day happened in 2018 and I moved to Florida, I've yet to really feel like I've had to go to work. Um, <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, what's What's the biggest lesson you've learned so far on your fly fishing journey? And, and by that, I mean, what's the takeaway? So if you had to kind of sit back, you look at what fly fishing brings into your day-to-day or into your world, could you verbalize that? Never take it for granted. Always find the reason for why you found yourself on the river. Even if you don't catch any fish, look at the day that was presented to you. Um, Look at the day that God created for it. You know, the the river was flowing. The sun was shining. Yeah, you maybe not caught a fish, but what did you observe that day in nature that you wouldn't have normally observed holding the phone in your hand or behind a computer or doing the, you know, rigorous day-to-day operations of my career or something like that. What, what did, what was presented to you other than catching the fish that you need to take away from that? What what was the lessons that nature taught you that day? Sometimes to me, catching the fish is just the bonus. That's, that's really well said. I like it. Uh, you, you might've just answered this one, but I'm, I gotta ask it anyway. Best job you've ever had. Are are you doing it now? I'm, I'm pretty much doing it now. You know, I, I work for Revital Outdoors. As you mentioned earlier in the show, we're a premium CBD company. We're offering premium CBD products to outdoor enthusiasts. That's our niche 
um, customer base. That's what we want to do is we want to help fellow anglers and hunting enthusiasts stay out in the field doing what they're doing. And we can talk about our products here in a minute, but to be in surrounded by people that are very passionate about the sport and that have the same kind of background stories as I do growing up with my dad in Oklahoma, hearing the different stories and different backgrounds people came from, listening to how fishing even sometimes saved them. It's uh, it's very rewarding. It's hard to believe sometimes I get paid to do what I get to do. The things that I get to witness and accomplish and be privy to, it's just, there's no words to describe it. And um, it's just very humbling to me to always see that kid and, you know, I'm not too old. I mean, I'm only 29 years old, but um, to see that, like, six- or seven-year-old pick up that rod for the first time and catch their first fish, that excitement, even down to the 80-year-old maybe struggles to go out and fishing, but he finds the strength to get out there on the river or get out there in the boat and catch a fish and see that smile on his face. They're one and the same, and that's the reward that I get is, mm. you know, no matter what your political background is, no matter what your religion background is, whatever your personal beliefs are that's fine that's great everybody's entitled to that i respect that completely but fishing everybody's fishing when we're when we're out on the water um none of that political drama gets brought up none of that the you know things that people don't agree on get brought up it's we're fishing and every normally 95 percent of the time you see people engaged happy and the way life really should you know I, i think if more people engaged in fishing or in the outdoors hunting whatever it may be in the outdoors that they love to do it brings a lot of happiness you know they find yeah. that happiness maybe they wouldn't have found somewhere else yeah yeah no i'm i'm with you 100 percent. i think it gets the brain off the day-to-day right i mean and the the fish don't care <laughs> yeah the, the fish really don't care and that's the beauty of the sport that some don't understand but um people a lot of people uh, take the opportunity to recognize i mean it's, it's here for us we have uh, great people in charge at, at capitol hill all the way down to the lowest little fundraiser tournament trying to help preserve the resources we have available for our fisheries for the public land that people like to go hunting on there's always going to be a huge strive for that johnny morris bass pro shops he's put billions of dollars into ecology and protecting those resources so um it's obviously there for us to respect, to take advantage of, and to find that happiness that I was I was talking about. You, you may have to go back a real long time because it sounds like you're a pretty happy guy. But what's the worst job you've ever had? Oh, the worst job I ever had. You know, when I came directly out of college, I I was working in a casino setting, and uh, it was a you know fresh out of college marketing coordinator position just trying to get some experience under my belt i won't say it was the worst job or i hated it but i don't have as much i didn't have as much fun then as i am now um you know it served its purpose it was great working for the cherokee nation when i did um but it wasn't it wasn't what i had reached out and wanted to do it was i needed to get some experience in business i needed to grow myself as a marketing professional I needed to grow myself as an adult, you know, in the real world. And it was challenging. It was very well challenging, but it presented a lot of um, problems that had to be solved. It presented a lot of chaos that I had to find the strength to get through. 
and it served its purpose and it allowed me to get to where I'm at today. So, hmm. uh, I don't think, you know, I, I think a lot of, you know, people talk about, I have a bad job or I hate my job or I don't like my job. I think it's all perception. Um, because even if there was days that I did not want to go into that casino, but I walked out of it and I gained something from it. Yeah. <laughs> you got a good way of verbalizing things. Cause I know exactly what you mean. It's a stepping stone. It's a learning opportunity. And, uh, sometimes it's how you look at it. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, and even into working in the fishing industry, there's obstacles and there's things that we have to get through that we don't want to, but there's a learning capability there and we don't, we can't foresee the future. So just write it and, and make it for what it's worth. You know, prime example, COVID, we all thought business was going to be terrible. No one's going to be out fishing. You know, no one's going to be out shopping. This is going to absolutely kill the fishing economy. And before you know it, no one can keep up with the demand because people are going fishing. Yeah, it's, a, you know? it's the one place you don't have to worry about it so much, the great outdoors, right? Right, exactly. And, and thank God that people did take the opportunity to, to go out and fishing and get the kids out of the house. And um, yeah, it may have been a little scary. And yeah, it may have had to wear a mask, but they were out enjoying nature, you know, and they took yeah. the opportunity that was presented to them. So uh, th- those are the challenges that we face in the fishing industry. There's there's times that are not easy, um, especially when it comes to like forming partnerships and sponsorships. I don't ever like giving bad news, but I like to walk away from the situation. Like, let's say that there's an organization we don't get to sponsor. We don't get to move forward with. I don't want to burn that bridge. You know, I still want to have the alliance. I still want to, if there's an opportunity available in the future, and there's always an opportunity. Don't ever say, well, we're going to walk away from this. We're never going to open that chapter again. Um, everyone is very passionate about sport. Everyone has their niche. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. And even if you can't form a business reliance at that particular time, you never know what can arise in the future. Yeah, true. We're chatting today with Theron Asbury out of Orlando, Florida. Uh, he's originally from Oklahoma, uh, now finds himself in Florida and working with the folks at Revital Outdoors out of Jacksonville. Let's talk about your day-to-day, Theron, so, and the company. So what's what's up with Revital Outdoors? Because I was doing a little digging, a little research, and uh, it seems like you guys are all pretty much, uh, you know, in the premium CD, CBD business, but uh, all avid outdoorsmen. Absolutely. So the company is brand new this year. We had our uh, hard launch at the Bassmaster Classic back in March. Uh, I was fortunate enough to become the marketing manager after ICAST, which happened in July. The company was started by the owner and CEO, Kyle Smith. And he was hunting with his dad. You know how this all happened is he was hunting with his dad and his dad is uh, getting up there in age and it's not as easy for him to get out in the woods and enjoy what he loves to do. And that's hunting. He's very passionate about bow hunting. And he was taking a a CBD product to help him relieve some of those aches and sorenesses that he was having. And Kyle kind of caught on to it and said, what is this? And is there a business opportunity there? And after, you know, several days of sitting in a tree stand with a lot of time to think and go over in his head what he wanted to do in the future, he decided to start Revital Outdoors. And, uh, I was hired on in July. Uh, Very fortunate to have this opportunity, and here we are today. Uh, We're the premium CBD company for the outdoor enthusiasts. We offer creams, uh, our soft stick, our soft gels. We offer uh, CBD oil with melatonin. We have our tinctures. 
everything that a CBD consumer would want. We have uh, all of our packaging, all of our business models is oriented toward helping outdoor enthusiasts. Um, and so that's where we're at today. Uh, we, we've had a great success since we launched. We're really looking forward to 2022 and we're, uh, we're moving forward with some pretty hefty sponsorships with major league fishing. Uh, we, we've just introduced our pro staff, professional anglers. We have Mark Menendez, Shaw Grigsby, Terry Bolton, uh, Brandon Card, Brian New, uh, Greg Vinson, and we just signed Daryl Gleason. So they're going to be representing us in professional fishing. We also sponsored No Limits Hunting, a TV show. And uh, they're actually filming right now for their 2022 show. Brian Spicer's uh, the main hunter behind that. So very fortunate to be on board with them. Uh, we're, we're getting launched with our podcast and uh, trying to network, getting onto podcasts and, you know, talk about Revital Outdoors. And then we've had some successful campaigns, including one that we're having right now. So it's the holiday season. We want to try to influence as much people as we can and educate them about CBD, Revital Outdoors, why they should be taking CBD if they have aches and sorenesses. And, uh, yeah, so our holiday campaign, it started actually today. It's going to last until December 24th, Christmas Eve. If you get onto our website and you use the code HOLIDAY, it's going to get you 25% off your order. So a great opportunity. You know, our products, premium CBD, they're really great for inflammation relief, aches and sorenesses, you know, helping those everyday just things that we want to go away, help us out in the field. Uh, they reduce anxiety. They help you sleep. Our products are oriented to help you stay in the field longer, stay on the water longer, and create memories doing what everyone loves to do, and that's go hunting and fishing. It's amazing how many people I talk to that use it for either pain or, or sleeping. Sleeping seems to be a real big one. And I know, especially the last couple of years, a lot of people having problems sleeping. Is that something that you, uh, do you use product to help you sleep at all? Absolutely. So that's probably my biggest, you know, since I came on with the company, I started using all the products. That's the biggest noticeable difference I've seen is how well I sleep. I do suffer from insomnia a little bit. Uh, I stay up late. I am very goal oriented. I, I cannot stand the idea of failure and it keeps me up at night and taking the CBD soft gel with melatonin. It helps me sleep. I'm getting a full eight to nine hours at night. And, uh, you know, fellow, we went to the KBS championship this year in Shreveport, a uh, national kayak uh, tournament that we happened there. Very honored to be a part of that event. We actually met people that had taken the CBD with melatonin. They were telling us they were actually dreaming again. Like I'm having dreams again. I, I haven't slept this long or this restful in so long. You know, you thank you for using the, you know, for providing that product. And of course we thank the people for using it and believing in it and giving it a, just a chance, giving it a try. Right. So, so is that, uh, I got to ask you, so is that like a cream or is that like a, like a, an oral pill? What, what is that uh, for? We have both. Our soft gels and our tinctures, you actually take orally. If you don't like taking a pill, then we would recommend the tinctures. Right. That's just an eyedropper of our premium oil that you put under your tongue for 10 seconds, and then it just you know dissolves into your into your system. Our soft gels are 100% nano emulsified, so they easily get into your system to provide that release that you need quickly. And then also one thing I will mention is our products are 100% made in the U United States. They're always going to be that way, and they're 100% THC free. So we're a worker friendly brand. You're never going to fail a drug test. There's nothing illegal about our product. 
So um, I think that's very, very great product. Just talking to a lot of people, I think some people kind of struggle with that, knowing the difference. Okay, so basically the, the CBD is, is that oil that has those properties that, that, that can do so many good things, right? And it's like... It, yeah, it's, that provide you with the relief and, you know, yeah. reduction of anxiety and inflammation relief. You know, yeah. the, the other product is, you know, the happy, get you high. And we're not... We're not in that business. We're just right. providing a product that helps relieve the aches and sorenesses yeah. and the everyday, you know, just grogginess. Hey, my and dog's on all it. All that. <laughs> so we actually do I'm have dog shoes. And, yeah. And uh, getting into duck season this year, I've already uh, sent some samples out to some of my friends. We've had customers, new customers come on board wanting to buy the uh, dog treats. And uh, we've getting a lot of great reports of, you know, dogs that were gun shy. They're a lot more relaxed in the duck blind. And then throughout the 4th of July, the fireworks, the anxiety that that would cause a dog. We've seen actually major improvements with them being able to go to sleep at night, not being so anxious with the fireworks going off. It's funny you said that because that's kind of one. I got a dog that's it's a terrier, but he's totally anxious. And I think the first time we realized that was one Halloween night, and that's you know the doors ringing, kids are coming around, and they don't people are they don't know what's going on. But we got him on this uh, CBD oil, and he's pretty chill. And he just seems a lot, a lot happier, and he got his appetite back. But he was acting pretty weird for a while. We kind of just stuck with it. But yeah, good stuff. Great product. So, where's the best uh, place to find it? So, are you guys available at the retail level, or is it mostly on 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 your website? What's the best place to to find your your products? So we are currently still working on our wholesale and retailer opportunities. Um, hopefully, in 2022, we'll be able to hard launch that opportunity and be a little bit more accessible to where people, the everyday consumers can see it on shelves and uh, tackle stores, hunting shops, major outdoor retailers. But right now, just go to our website, www.revitaloutdoors.com. We sell direct consumer. And that's where you can type in the uh, keyword holiday to save 25% off right now for a holiday campaign. Um, So yeah, if you, if you're interested in the product, you want to be educated about the company, our process, Hmm. Our product, all of that information is available um, on our website. You know, the CBD cream, I would say, is going to be a huge hit for the fly anglers because they're constantly casting their elbows, their shoulders. Um, it tears a body up, that fly fishing. So the creams and the soft gels would be the most recommended products that I could give to fellow fly anglers. Mm-hmm. And then also we have a uh, affiliate pro staff program. So if you're a very avid outdoors uh, angler or hunting enthusiast, and you're interested in maybe representing our company, we have a program that you can go on and under the pro staff tab, you can fill out an application. We'll be happy to review it. You don't have to be a professional in the sport. We just want to find the enthusiasts out there that can represent us on social media and, and encourage fellow in, uh, outdoor enthusiasts around them to try the product. Mm. And uh, we have a very strong commission opportunity there. So we're looking for representatives of the company as well yeah i gotta admit one thing i found really cool with your company other than you're obviously making a really good product but you guys actually really targeted a very specific niche market like i don't think i don't i could be wrong like i'm not a marketer but it seems to me that you know who your crowd is if that makes sense absolutely you know anybody can take cbd um there's multiple cbd companies out there and there's a lot of CBD companies out there orienting towards sports, 
Um, Kyle, when he founded the company, he saw the the gap in the outdoor industry and just how much outdoor enthusiasts could benefit from using CBD. Um, you know, it could it could mean 50 extra steps to the to the duck blind or to the uh, tree stand in a day, but you know that could potentially be the opportunity to put another mount on the wall. Um, so, uh, or even in the fishing world, that could mean 50 more casts in a day. So yeah. And that could mean catching that 10 pounder or that dream fish you've been chasing all, all year. So it is a very nice market. We're very proud of that. We uh, were oriented toward helping outdoorsmen because we're outdoorsmen, you know, uh, I'm a very avid hunting and fishing guy, more fishing. And Kyle, he's a very avid hunting and fishing uh, person as well, but he loves the hunting side a little bit more. In fact, he just got back from Wisconsin. He killed a 180 plus deer up there in Wisconsin with his bow. It's the biggest uh, buck he'd ever killed with his bow. So, um, hmm. yeah, we, we speak the language for sure. And we're, we're always willing to meet more enthusiasts in the outdoors like ourselves and um, just have a good casual conversation and, and see if, how many people we can truly help out there. Check these guys out on Instagram too, because you can follow along on some pretty good hunting and fishing uh, vids and pics. I was uh, checking some of it out today. So, um, so well, we I, are active on Facebook and Instagram. I want to take it to the water for a second here. So, um, I'm going to ask you to paint us a picture. Um, your mm-hmm. your dream day, Theron. So, you know. The water's just perfect. You're on the you're on the river or the the stream that you want to be on. You're with good company. The weather's perfect. What does that look like? Like walk, you know, what kind of fish are you chasing? Are you chasing those twenty pound browns with your copper john? <laughs> walk us through that a little bit. My dream day on the river would be in chest waders in New Zealand, chasing after big rainbows and browns. I got browns over there. I'd love to do that, but. That would be a dream of mine. Um, you know, growing up with my dad, you know, we hunted and fished a lot. We talked about what would be the dream. And that was something that we always had mentioned and, and talked about is going to New Zealand and fishing the notorious rivers over there and streams and just being out in nature, catching 100% um, native species and um, just one after another and the fishing over there is phenomenal I've, I've read a lot about it i've studied it that would be a dream to me is have that finally have that opportunity to um engage in that yeah good stuff is there something is there a meal involved at the end of the day of this dream this dream day i mean what are we eating what are we drinking oh yeah we uh we're drinking a little uh scotch and we're we're wrapping a rainbow up in the foil with the thyme and the lemon and the butter on the campfire. Got to cook it on the fire. <laughs> and I think that's a huge respect to the fish. Is uh, it's at, at one point each year, I think every angler should cook a fish over the fire. That's just a respect to the fish. Um, there's a lot of respects that I've learned reading from Stu App, uh, especially, that you have to embrace to respect the fish. One of them is cooking over a fire. One of them is having a scotch or a hard whiskey. And the other one is never wearing gloves. No matter how toothy the critter gets, you give the respect to the fish that you go head to head with him. No gloves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all right. I've seen some crazy footage of uh, what can happen if you wear them, and especially when you're doing catch and release. You don't want to go there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything in the world of fly fishing you would like to see us do a little differently is there anything that kind of irks you as a group that we're doing or or could we improve in any way shape or form in your mind you know 
to me, the fly fishing anglers, the, the hardcore guys that, that love it, that are you just embrace it and further the sport each year, they're doing everything right and just keep doing the things that you're doing. What I mean by that is keep preaching the respect to fly fishing. Keep you know keep encouraging people to go out there and cast. And you're not going to be an expert fly caster the first time you go out there. You're not going to be an expert fly caster the first few times you go out there. Keep with it. Keep the respect there. Always be hungry. Want more out of the sport. And uh, just keep preaching that. And then, obviously, the conservation behind the sport, too. You know, if whatever you take to the field or the stream, take it back out with you. Um, leave it better than what you found it. I think that the fly fishing community is probably the best group of individuals that preach that. And so keep up that good work. Everything is doing right. Um, they're doing it very correctly. And just keep up that, that, keep up that opportunity that they're taking and embracing and the respect that they have behind it. Good stuff. Uh, fill in the blank for me. Uh, when I'm not fly fishing, I'm usually doing what? Bass fishing. <laughs> so you're not too far off the water. Right on. If I'm not fly fishing, I'm either bass fishing or inshore fishing or offshore fishing or working for Revital, thinking about fishing and helping create an opportunity for more outdoor enthusiasts like myself to get out there and enjoy fishing. You you still spend time at the Vice? I do. I do. Um, especially down here in Florida. Um, we are just about to wrap up uh, snook season. And one of the big baits this time of year in the fall for the snook season on the east coast of Florida. And I'm talking from Palm Bay down to Stewart. So Sebastian, Jupiter, all those great areas is a, a big hair jig. And I'm talking... A one ounce to two and a half ounce hair jig. Well, that takes a vice and uh, the right kind of material and, and wrapping feathers um, and, and all the materials on a hook. And not everyone knows how to do that. But, you know, I still find the time to, to tie that Copper John or tie that Royal Coach on a number 16 hook or, you know, another fly pattern that I found through the, the books that I've gone through the encyclopedia of fly tying. There's a pattern in there called the Jams Hopper Fly. And, uh, just still reminding myself that I can still tie that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I still, it, it doesn't go very long in my house before I have to pull out the vise and just have that therapy be sitting behind, sitting behind the vise, having all the feathers spread out in the hooks and dubbing needles and everything. So I love it. I mean, I, I, I started fly tying before I started fly fishing. Huh. And I'm not an artistic person at all. I can barely scribble my name when I'm signing a contract. But that's the most artistic flavor I have in my body is to create something that, you know, is replicating nature that it will full of fish. Yeah, I can't put it any better than that. Is there a scotch uh, or what are you drinking when you're tying? I like Johnny Walker. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, I, I, I really appreciate you taking the, the time tonight and, and, and sharing your, your fly fishing journey with us and, and sharing uh, what your company's been up to uh, that you're working so hard with. Thanks so much for doing this, Theron. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, we're very, very proud to be a part of this industry. Um, very, very fortunate to have this opportunity. We hope everyone listening to this takes the opportunity just to check out Revital Outdoors, um, you know, check out our products, check out our history, why we're a company 
And, uh, you know, hopefully one of these days we make it up to the Denver Fly Show and we get to meet a lot of uh, fly fishing enthusiasts up there. Yeah, amen. Sounds good. Out of Orlando, Florida, we've got Theron Asbury on the line. Thanks so much for joining us. Theron's an avid fly fisher, marketing manager with Revital Outdoors, a premium CBD company out of Jacksonville, Florida. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water.